sounds good right now after what we just experienced, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, it's so good to see everybody here this morning. So, so glad to have you in church on this uh, kind of coolish August Sunday. I needed a little, I needed a little cool down. It's been, it's been hot. It's been hot. Man, so good to be in church. As Pastor Troy said, uh, we do have such a great day kind of from start to finish. And there's just an expectation in our hearts today. God's got something for you from his word, and so I can't wait to get in there, but before we do, I just want to take a moment, just look you in the eye, and say thanks for being a great church. I mean, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I just, when I roll up on Sunday mornings, I get here really early, and it just freaks me out when there's already people here. I'm like, this is, you all are you're just, you're, you're so all in, and just leaning in, so can would you just help me just thank our dream team today and those that just make this amazing Sunday experience in, in church happen. So thankful. And I also just want to express, just again, there's, there's the serving, there's the generosity of this house. Again, you might not even know this, but your giving is going beyond even what you see here today. That right now there are several churches uh, that are en route to being planted or launched in September of this year. One of them, Citizens Church in Surrey, pastored by uh, my good friend Jason and his wife Kelsey Eliason. We're so pumped for them. And every time that you generously invest in what God's doing here, we actually turn around and take a whole bunch of that and we just give it away to other people. And so you're doing stuff in people's lives you, didn't, you don't even know. So I'm so excited that we get to be a part of this. And we are by no means a perfect church. But come on, somebody. God is up in this place, and that takes our little imperfections, and it makes this such a beautiful thing. So I'm excited to share with you. We're going to do, as Pastor Troy said, we took staycation as this idea of like, well, what does God want to do in the summer? Let's just slam the staycation title on it, and then just press into what God would have for us. And what we're finding is actually that God has given us some rhythms to our calendar. This is our second summer. And so what we do around here is we take July and we press into serving other people. We've got our serve day. We serve our community, and then we've got our summer blast. We're serving kids. So July is really a time of serving in our church. And then we move into August, and we move into a different season. And I've said this before, that if I'm, if I'm being a good pastor and leader of this house, I'm always getting us ready for what the next season is. And so August is all about one thing, and that's getting close to Jesus. I mean, it's always about getting close to Jesus, but this is an intentional time. We say that we want to press into who God is because the summer slump hits, right? We take a vacation from work. We end up taking a vacation from everything, like a vacation from just even thinking. And, and we can find ourselves in a summer slump. So we just put on the calendar 21 days of prayer twice a year. In January, we do it. And in August, we do it. And it just gets us ready for the supernatural outpouring of, of what God is going to do in our lives. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? I, I, I know that the cool air is, is really impacting your lungs and your ability to be vocal this morning. <laughs> Maybe it's just that you're nervous. I'm so close to the edge. You're just holding your breath. Ah, that's so good. Someone I've never met just said, I got you. <laughs> so, how you doing? 
Good. Oh, man. So good. So here's where we're going. 21 days of prayer. Today is actually day number eight. 21 days of prayer. We had our first Saturday morning yesterday in prayer. And I just got to say, the women of this church just threw down. Men, I don't know where, I don't know where the men were. Um, but week two, guys, come on, let's not have all the ladies doing the heavy lifting around here, right? Like, let's, let's engage in some prayer. And, you know, it's not like it wasn't like all the single ladies there, you know, there's married and single. But listen, there was this, like, it's all, like, if you're a single dude, I'm telling you that for whatever reason, the single ladies of the church pray. They're probably praying for you to get your acting gear, to get a job, to get a life, to start to serve Jesus. <laughs> so we'll see you there next week. Here are two ways you can engage. Of course, the first is that Saturday mornings we set aside dedicated time next week again at Poirier Sports and Rec right across the street from 8 to 9 a.m. But the other way is just in your own personal prayer life. And I've I just been finding in my own space just deeper times with God. And just out of just that place, of, I'm, I'm feeling refreshed on day 8. And I feel like pressing in more in days you know, 8 to, to 14, in week number 2. And so in your private devotion, we've got little 21-day cards on your chair. You can go along and follow along with us on reading through the book of Acts, just one chapter a day. And if you fall behind, that's okay. Just go to the day that we're on. Jump, jump on our social media. Follow along. We've got, we're just posting encouragement every day from the scripture. And uh, so just, just join in. Because here's the thing that really matters to me. I, I love the heartbeat of our church, as I said before, serving and generosity. But listen, we can love people and we can serve people and make a temporary difference in their lives. But if we can love them and serve them and bring the power of God into their lives, come on, then somebody, we go from a moment's impact into an eternal impact. And so we're just going to go deep in 21 days. Anybody with me? The single ladies of the room. Here's where we're going. I'm going to talk this morning about worship. I want to talk uh, really around this idea of you were made for this. You were made for this. God made you to worship. You, I actually believe whether you're here and you're a Christian or maybe you once served God and you're, you've been away from church for a while. Maybe you're kicking the tires on church like, you know, am I trying to find out where God is and who God is? No matter where you are, I think if you just kind of, I believe, and if you take a look at our human makeup, that we were made for worship. It's just evident. Like we all are constantly trying to find the thing to put meaning on in our lives. And then when we find that thing or what we think might be the thing, we do everything we can to pursue it. And then as we're pursuing it, we begin to express affection for it. Of course, I really believe that the Bible, the aim of the Bible is to show us that no man-made thing could ever be the object of that meaning. And I think we find that as we move through life. That's the reason that so many people are still searching, that you've pursued things in the past. You thought, that's got to be the thing. If I have that job, or if I have that career, or if I have that girlfriend, or if I have that spouse, that then I'll have meaning in my life, and I'll express my affection for that thing. But really, the aim of the Bible is to say, no man-made thing, not even the second best thing that we have, our relationships with one another, can carry the weight of your worship. It will ultimately lead to disappointment. If it's not, come on, the God that made you, the God that Rachel was calling out in this place, come on, he is good. And the Bible talks about worship in so many different ways. And I think that this morning, I want to do two things. Really, there's two things I want to accomplish in this little talk. And the first is, well, what's the kind of worship that God likes? Because I think sometimes we just want to worship God in our own way. Like, I'm just going to worship God how I want. But come on, if there is a God and he is God, I think we ought to find out 
how he likes worship. And I think you're going to find it's maybe a little bit different than you, your perspective has been in the past. And maybe worship to you, you hear that word and you think of the first 22 minutes of our service that sometimes seems a little bit like karaoke where we're just kind of coming in and watching somebody sing. But no, it's, it's worship is the first 22 minutes of our service and it's the next 22 and it's Monday morning and it's all throughout your life. And so as we look at the Bible, I want to find, I want to do a little word study. Like this is, I, I know, you know, if you've chosen to make Resonate Church home, um, it's probably not because I do a lot of original language study of the text. Like, I'm, in, I'm into the hermeneutics. I'm all there. I, I love to study it for myself. But often, we, I don't just really dig into it in the Hebrew. Uh, and that's, that's okay because we, you know, we, we, we often will speak, uh, we'll speak the text. But we don't really go too deep into the, the old meanings of some of these words. And, and I just, when I think about worship and what the Bible says about worship... There's so much depth to these words that when we see the word praise or we see the word worship in the Bible, we picture Sunday morning, but really there's so much more going on. So we're going to Bible study it this morning. Anybody ready for that? Some of y'all, you're like, man, I I wish you'd do that every week. And that's, you know, it's good. We're going to go there. Six words we're going to study. But then, then where I want to get to this morning is there's just, we let stuff get in the way of doing these things. And so I just want to knock down some walls of what's getting in the way of worship that would look like that. Let's change the culture of this house. I'm thankful for the worship culture of this house. I'm thankful for the lean in. I'm thankful that we, that we oh my goodness, but something is, and then we're going to worship at the end, and it's going to go to 11. Psalm 100 says this, make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth, serve the Lord with, say this with me, gladness. Come on, you came in with a frown on your face, just, this is the kind of worship, God, this is God's kind of worship. Like, he wants your heart to be full, joyful, with gladness. This is the God that we serve. And he goes, this goes on, it says, come into his presence with singing. A lot of us can't sing. That's fine. You still come in with singing. For why? Verse 5, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. So in the middle of the Bible is the largest book of the Bible, the book of Psalms, 150 songs and poems written by multiple different authors to, again, orient our worship and perspective onto God. And I believe God put it in the middle and made it the longest one so we would understand how important worship is. Come on, you were made for this. In fact, listen, you're never not worshiping. You're, you're, you're always worshiping. There's always something that you are expressing your affection towards, even when you're complaining. Complaining is just the inverse of worship. It's just flipped around worship. You are pursuing meaning in something. You didn't find it. And so it's just, well, I'm not going to, instead of showing affection for that thing, I'm going to complain that it didn't have. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to find that in the book of Psalms, there's this expression of worship in multiple ways. The first word that we find in the book of Psalms that explains worship, that gets translated into English as praise or as worship, is this word halal. Halal. It's where we get the word hallelujah. And it means It means to rave. It means to celebrate. Like boast on God. You you weren't expecting to come to church today and have me talk about raves. But this is what the Bible says. To rave. Like rave on God. Hallelujah means rave. Boast. Yah. Halal. Boast. Yah. God. I'm I'm just going to boast on my God in this place. Hallelujah. Yeah, this is where it is in the Bible. Psalm 106 says, praise or halal the Lord. The second word we see in Psalm is this, is this word yada. And it means to worship the Lord with our hands, 
raised. And maybe you came to church that first time someone invited you. And you walked in, you thought, you know, at the most they're going to ask me to stand up and sit down. It's really going to be an exercise in standing and sitting. That's maybe your perspective of church. It's good squats. And then people started shooting their hands up. And you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? Does that, do they have a question? He's got a question. She's got a question. This is going to take all morning. So the Bible says is worship. I talked about this last week. We took the girls to Disney World this year, and really, we got so many preaching illustrations out of one day at Disney World, I really think the church should pay for our next trip, because there was just so much. It's like a year's worth of illustrations. So really, the trip was built around one thing for our girls. They're four and two, and it was going to be to see their princess favorites, Elsa and Anna. And, you know, maybe you're, how many aunties, uncles, uh, aunties, uncles, however you say it, grandparents, parents, you, you have a little girl in your life, so you understand Frozen. Like, let me see your hands. Yeah. You know that, you know that, that song. God bless it, that song. So our kids, it's, it's all about seeing Anna and Elsa. So I go online, and then we're going to the Magic Kingdom. I'm like, when can we see Anna and Elsa? And according to what I read online, we could see them at 9.15 at the Friendship Fair. 9.15 at the Friendship Fair. We've got to get to the Friendship Fair. I'm like, we've got to get there early. It's out front of Cinderella's castle, so we'll get there early. We make sure we're right up close. We can see, we can see Anna and Elsa. Now, we pull into the parking lot, and we're good and early. We're like, we're like a half hour early, so I'm pumped that we're going to make it. Our girls are going to be right up close. We start, to, we start to walk through the parking lot, and I'm like, this is a big parking lot. Like, we, this might take a little while. So I ask a guy, I'm like, how far are we from the park? And he's like, about half an hour. I'm like, I've got 25 minutes to get there, but you're telling me it's good. And like, listen, Disney World, you either got to get on a, they say, a ferry boat, and you go kind of through just this man-made maze of lakes to get there, or you get on a, a train, and then you're stopping at all these resorts. I had no idea. I'm a total Disney noob. And so I just, like, I, I, all of a sudden, I got 25 minutes to do a half-hour trip, and if I don't get there, I'm dead. So I am not proud of how I spent the next 25 minutes of my life. I, I hope none of you were there. Like, I just, the stroller, I just started taking out the ankles of small children. <laughs> Parents, few grandparents, you know, I was soft. But <laughs> so I'm not proud of the next 25 minutes, but I got my kids there. Glory to God. We got there when the music started so Elsa comes out and she sings of course of course that song and and the video the video I want to show you I, some of y'all are like I don't even know the song um and and that God bless you um <laughs> so I want to show you a little video from that day and I I posted this on my Instagram that day. This was the moment I realized I was raising some church kids. This was the moment I realized that my girls did not know the difference between a worship song and a non-worship song. Check this out. <laughs> Oh,
The thing that slayed me the most was she hit the downbeat of the course. Come on, somebody, let it go. The apex was the word go. You know your kids understand worship in church when they understand this is verse, this is course, hit the bridge, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. This is yada. For my girl, they're at so many worship nights and they're out there and our kids every week they're worshiping. They still don't know the difference between worshiping God and a non-worship song. That's fine. There's, There's no other kids in that picture raising their hands. There's just... Let it go. Let it go, Lord. I let it go. I let it go. Maybe you've been coming for a bit, and you're like, well, maybe this is, this is the week I'm going to raise my hands. And you're like, I'm, I'm going to go to here. But then you get to that moment that kind of build it up to the course, but your shoulder check, and you're like, who's got their eyes open back there? Who's got their iPhone out? I don't know if I'm ready for being on you know, someone's story today. I... Who's, who's, and so you get to here and you're ready to go, but then you just, you know, you're just not quite sure that you're, that you're there. Today, my hope is that as we study God's word, as we see these things, hey, my, my goal is not to give you a checklist of things you do. My goal actually is always only to point your eyes in the direction of Jesus. Listen, worship is not moralism and it's not a checklist and it's not, here's what you need to do. What I hope that you see from this picture of scripture is not a biblical to-do list. What I hope you see is that you start to think creatively about the ways that you could give God some more of your worship. Here's a third word. In the Psalms, it's called tehillah. Tehillah, it means energetic singing. It's Psalm 34, verse 1 uses this word. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His tehillah, his praise, this energetic singing will continually be in my mouth. And I think this is so, the energetic singing and the, and the raving and the celebrating and the hands raised, isn't it interesting how much that the Psalms talks about worship? It's not the internal reflective place that most of us like to go. I think for most of us, we find it more at home to come into worship. We're like, I want to draw God in the quiet, introspective place. And we find it a little bit harder to engage with God in the loud, celebratory, I'm going to move a little bit and use some of this energy that God put in my body to actually give not just of my, my heart's affection towards him, but some of the energy that's pent up inside this body is going to go back to God. I think, so, I think that for a lot of us, if you've been coming to church for a while, you've probably even had this thought, like, I'm going to show up a little bit late because I don't, really don't need the fast stuff. I'm not so much into the fast stuff. The slow stuff, I like the slow stuff. I'll zone in for the slow stuff, but the fast stuff. And I get that the fast stuff is hard because you, maybe you've had a really hard week. Maybe you've messed up and you, you're thinking, man, I'm just, I did it again and I'm so far from God. So you don't want to show up in the fast stuff and begin to celebrate in the presence of God. Here's the thing. Your worship was never meant to be a visual reflection of the kind of week you just had. Your worship was never meant to be a visual reflection of how good that you think you're doing with God. Your worship was meant to be a visual reflection of what God has done for you that you've actually seen it and you're responding with raving, with celebrating. Listen, it doesn't matter where you came in today. He's good. He already went. And then we make a move. We say, I might have messed up this week. I'm going to give you the best of my worship. I went right through that clap for you. Right, I preached right through the clap. (laughs) Whew. Number four, Barak, to kneel down. Psalm 95 uses this word. 
Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel. Let us barak before the Lord, our maker. Again, just this picture. The emotional expressiveness varied. I'm going to kneel. I'm going to bow. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to rave. And I'm going to humble myself in the presence of God. The fifth word is the word zamar, meaning to play the strings of an instrument skillfully. How many just love it when Brenda's playing the bass in church, right? Like... Girl can throw down. So some of us, we can't do Zamar really that well. You lift your voice, you do your best, but you don't really play the string instruments. That's okay. Brenda got you covered. She's going to Zamar for all of us in the place today. And then the sixth one is Shabbat. To, again, shout loudly. Psalm 63, verse 3 says, because your steadfast love. Listen, because it's so much better than anything else in this life. My lips will Shabbat you. My lips are going to shout. I'm going to I'm going to shout, this is the kind of worship God likes. This is the picture of worship. And again, I think we just need to orient our hearts. Not what do I feel like I want to give to God, but what? This is like in our relationship. I, I, Rachel's love language is quality time. Like a guy, mine is, you can, most of us have the same one. Um, so we have different. So I, I, can't just, I can't just love Rachel the way that I want to be loved got to love her the way she wants to be loved, with quality time. And so as we look at the Bible, this is what God wants. He said, this is my, when it comes to worship, this is my love language. It is all forms, all different kinds of things. And, And so what I want us to do this morning is you might be here this morning and you believe in God, but you, you don't worship him like that. And so what I want us to do is I want to begin to just note some of the things that we can get in the place or the space uh, uh, in the way of worship. What's in the way of worship this morning? What are some things uh, that you need to let go of so you can begin to engage in worship that you were made for? Here's the, here's the first one. First one is we need to let go of pride. The pride of what are people going to think about me if I engage in worship like that? What are the people going to around me going to think if I, if I start to worship that much? Or if that's what the worship of my life look like. Look at this in, in John chapter 12. This is a challenging scripture. It says many of the authorities in Jesus' day, they believed in him. So understand, they looked at Jesus and they thought, he God. I see how you act and what you do and what you say and the miracles and it all adds up you're God now watch this but for fear of the Pharisees they did not confess it why not verse 43 because they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God Can you believe that it's possible to believe in God and to care more about what other people think of you than what God thinks about you? To care more about what other people's perspective is of you than what God's perspective is of you? Now, I'm not saying that you need to get out of control and weird in church. The Bible addresses that as well. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul's talking about the manifestations of the Spirit. He's talking about tongues and he's talking about prophecy. Paul Paul is so hyped on tongues, he's saying, listen, I I speak in tongues more than all y'all. 
But when it comes to church, I'd rather you have one word of prophecy than 10,000 words in tongues. He says, why? Because if an unbeliever comes into your midst and they hear you speaking in tongues, they're going to say you're out of your mind. So you have to understand the space you're in. You don't orient your worship to say, well, well just, I, I'm just going to be free in worship and I don't care what anybody thinks. No, listen, if your worship is taking people's attention off of God and putting it onto you, I don't think that's healthy either. What I'm talking about is getting beyond your comfort zone and giving all worship to God in a manner and a space that gives him all the glory and doesn't put people's eyes on you. There are times where that's just, like, listen, when I do my craziest dances, that's at home. Like, I love to dance in the front row. I, I, let, I let loose. But when I am at home in my bedroom worshiping God, I mean, I'm like... If I did that in church, you'd be like, he's insane. And I know the pushback on that. David danced before the Lord, and then they, and, they, and then people looked, and then they thought, well, that's crazy. And I get that pushback. I understand that pushback. He was undignified. He was undignified because he was wanting to change the worship culture in a nation. But if you're just trying to change the worship culture by getting people's eyes on you and not pointing them to Jesus, that also is a mistake. What I'm saying is just not caring what people think and giving all the glory to Jesus in a way that other people can look at your life and say, I want to worship Jesus. So we need to let go of pride. Here's the second thing we need to let go of. If we're going to worship the way we were made to, if we're going to worship God like, like he's designed us to worship, if we're going to have this as the root of who we are, we not only need to let go of what people think in our, in our own pride, we also need to let go of whatever's in the top spot. Because there might be something other than God in the top spot of your life. There might be something other than him in the top seat. And so I want to ask you this morning, is God in the number one seat of your life? Is there anything in your life that's getting more adoration than God is at the present moment? These are 21 days for us to, to reorient that. And please understand... God's not against you having things that you love at all. He just doesn't want you to love any of them more than him. No, he made good things for your enjoyment. He's a good, good father. God gave me my wife and my kids. I love them with all my heart. They're not in the top seat of my life. I love them. I give them all that I have. Jesus is in the top seat. Jesus is everything in my life. Is there anything that's getting more of your affection and adoration than God. This is why the first commandment is, is, is to love the Lord your God and not have anything before him. This is not, it's not that he, you can't have anything, any other God, any other thing that you love in your life. I can love sports. I can express, express affection for sports. But it doesn't become the God. It points me to God. When I'm enjoying, when I'm surfing, and I'm like, I'm not celebrating a wave. I'm celebrating the God that made the wave that's propelling me forward. Everything that I am expressing affects my heart for us that, that, the, that the worship of our lives would not just be in this place, but when we bite into some yummy food, tasty treats, that we would say, oh God, you are good. Like you did that right there. That is, that is as we're expressing affection for anything, 
to say, how is God involved in this thing that I'm loving right now? So we need to, we need to let go of, of our pride, and we need to let go of anything else that's in the top seat. The last thing that we need to let go of is, if we're going to really worship the way we were made to, we need to let go of our feelings. Go of our feelings. Because sometimes we're just, we, we like to be led by our feelings. We live in a culture, and here's the word for it, hedonism. It's, it's, when, we, it's when we build the goal of our life is getting happier or more pleasure. That's, that's kind of the fancy word for it, is, is hedonism. And so rather than, it's like I don't have morals, I've got feelings. I'm not led by, I'm not led by uh, my principles and what God would call me to. I'm just, if it feels good, do it, you know. That's how most people live their lives. Now, there's nothing wrong with feelings. Again, God wired you to love stuff. The problem is they're just not going to be the compass for my life. That's not going to be the thing that decides which direction I go. Here's how this relates to worship. A lot of us only want to worship when it feels good. We want to worship when Beck hits the course or the bridge of, uh, you have no rival. Man, that's when I'm ready to go. That's when my hands get up. That's when I engage in worship. But, you know, I don't really like that song. or I'm not really feeling it right now. Or I just, I had, a, no, your best worship and praise is when you don't feel like giving it to God. That's when it's wholly rooted in who he is. Listen to Hebrews 13, and this concept is throughout the Bible. It says, Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. So I want to close with this thought. And I want to speak to the culture of our church and how we worship. Because I think sometimes we have this, this idea that if we worship, we just get closer to God and further away from other people. No, we are a church that exists for people that don't yet know Jesus in this city. We started this church so that people far from God could come into this place and space and leave the, the back door on a Sunday morning and say, I need what is in that place. And so I want us to have this picture of worship in this way, as a scroll that extends both towards heaven and towards people far from God. It doesn't just need to go one way. When you begin to worship, it doesn't pull you further away from people. No, it's a scroll that goes both ways. As I see more of who he is, I get more of his heart for people who are far from him. The upper room in the New Testament, the most radical outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, what did it produce in them? It produced a passion to go and preach to people who were far from Jesus. We are not a scroll that simply rolls in one direction. And when we get into the place of worship, we get so close to God, but we're useless to people. Other people come in, and it's like we don't even notice them because we're so close to God in this place. That is not the picture of Resonate Church. Resonate Church, we go both directions in the, in the orienting of heaven and also in eyes towards people, that as we're worshiping, it opens our heart on how to get real with the person who came in here broken. As we worship and we get intimate with God, it allows me to open up my heart and get more intimate with you and to actually care about the depth of your life. As we get closer to God, it does not pull us away from people. It actually expands us towards them. Worship does not orient our capacity simply towards heaven. It expands our capacity towards God and towards people. And so I want to invite you to stand all over the room because we're in these 21 days of prayer and we're closing our services with worship and with prayer. And once again, I want to make space for you to come and receive prayer today. And our prayer team is going to come forward and stand at the front. And the cue for you to come receive prayer would be for the band to start singing. And you'd say, why would I go forward for prayer? It could be for any reason. Maybe just that you want to get close to God or maybe you've got a prayer need. Whatever it is, you can stay in your seat. You can come and receive prayer. But we're all going to worship in this place. So I'd invite you 
to take wherever you were in worship before the service, before the message, and begin to just take a next step? Would you just maybe raise your hands in this place? Would you maybe just begin to just to say, God, I'm going to give you the first and the best of my worship. I'm going to put you in the top spot. So God, we praise you in this place. We bless your name, God, and I pray that in these next few moments as we orient ourselves back into a worship environment, God, that you would expand us both towards heaven and towards people. God, I pray as our eyes see more of Jesus that we would have eyes to see people. I pray, God, as our hearts begin to lean into who you are, our hearts for other people would be enlarged. I pray, God, that out of a place and space of seeing you, that we would become a people that sees other people. We lift our eyes, we lift our hearts in worship in this place. Come on, church, let's worship together. Signs and wonders from above When you pour down your spirit On the old and power of your presence Holy Spirit rain falling like a flood break upon my praise as I sing of your love Holy Spirit fire burn within my soul as I call on your As I call on your name Dreams and visions of the 
of worship. I'll just invite you to keep your, your eyes closed and heads bowed for a moment. Every week there's a moment of decision in our services where every week someone comes in this place and you're, you know you're far from God. The radical truth of the gospel is that God loved you so much he sent his son to bear your sin and your shame and exchange it for his grace and his forgiveness and eternal life in Christ Jesus. So if you're in this place this morning and you would say, today I need to make that exchange. Today I need to surrender my life. Today I want to become a Christian and give my life to choose to follow God through Jesus Christ. I'm not going to keep myself in the top seat of my life anymore. I'm going to put Jesus there. I found the emptiness of myself there. I found the lack of fulfillment. I am going to put Jesus in the top seat of my life. If that's you, I'm going to ask you, just in this place with no one looking around, to just slip your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. We're not going to send you out or embarrass you. In fact, all I want to do is pray a prayer of believing faith with you. This is an exchange between you and God, just between you and God. So I'll lead you in a prayer in a moment, and all of us will pray it together. But if that's you today, you'd say, yeah, would you, would you include me in that prayer? Would you just slip your hand up and say, yeah, today is my day to make a, a, day, a decision of believing faith in Jesus. I'll look around for just another moment. Yeah, so great. Anyone else, you'd say, this is my day. This is my moment. I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. Well, let's pray together. Come on, church. With those that have raised their hands and maybe those who wanted to but didn't in this place, let's say this. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life and I choose to follow you because I believe that you love me and you gave your son for me. He died so I could have life and I choose to follow you. I put you in the top seat of my life in Jesus name and everybody said amen come on church can we celebrate can we celebrate in this place oh summer it sounds good right now after what we just experienced doesn't it <laughs>